Hey everybody, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, the Lakers played their fourth preseason game on Sunday night. How many times did Russell Westbrook turn the ball over? Nine times. Nine times? Nine times. Oh, that didn't go well. All right, so a lot of angst. A lot of angst from Lakers fans, but some good things coming out of the weekend. We'll talk about all of it next. You are locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day. Oh, first listen. Yeah, first listen. First listen. Hold on a second. No, that's a first listen finger. I am pointing a number one because this is your number one first listen. And thank you very much. Five days a week, uh, Monday through Friday, Locked on Lakers. And of course, the Locked on Lakers YouTube channel. You find us there as well for all the breaking news and analysis and this and that as the season goes on. Um, all right, Andy. So the Lakers have played four preseason games this uh, this year. They have lost all four of them, including Friday and again on Sunday. Um, Lakers fans, I think, are feeling a little angsty over the way things are looking. Um, it hasn't been good. The big three still hasn't played together. We will get to all of it and how much this matters, I promise. Um, but... It wasn't all terrible. Like, there actually were some good things that came out of Sunday's loss. Uh, this one by 20-something. They, they're not just losing these games. Either. They're getting just destroyed. Well, I mean, Frank, uh, Frank Vogel in the fourth quarter decided that he had seen enough of the varsity. And he played pretty much all G-leaguers. And for some reason, I when I say for some reason Kendrick Nunn, I mean, like, I don't know if he put none in there because somebody had to be the adult in the room or if he was like especially displeased with Kendrick Nunn who <laughs> was punishing him like I, I we we weren't able to uh, get clarification from Frank Vogel no your choice is his choice like I can do two things here I can do the I can play you in the fourth quarter of this game after the Lakers were outscored by 17 in the third quarter or I can do that prank where we fill your car with popcorn um so I chose playing well you can't do quarter. that to uh, Kendrick Nunn he's not a rookie that's like, true. It's inappropriate. Uh, and well, basically, coach, I think it the coach, was, let's be honest here. The coach shouldn't be doing that anyway. Yeah. I think basically the, the uh, rationale for none might have just been like Rondo's going to be like, no. And <laughs> Russell Westbrook had done <laughs> enough damage. So you're, you're and, done. And it is worth noting, and we will get to this as part of our dis- larger discussion about like kind of what the Lakers are getting out of this preseason, which is really the nut of all of this. Um, Malik Monk, not available. Taylor Horton Tucker, not available, of course. Um, uh, Trevor Reza is going to be out for a couple months. The first two guys you know, with fresh injuries over the weekend, which we'll talk about. And then LeBron James didn't play. So uh, you're short four guys. And, um, you know, it's, it, it didn't look good, um, but there are some exceptions to that. And I, I actually kind of want to start there because this stuff matters. Um, Anthony Davis, I thought, looked really good, uh, particularly in the first half. This was the sort of assertive, um, quick decision making, you know, look, you had the little outside game, had the inside game, and he looked like a guy who expected to be the best player on the floor. I, that you know, we talked some Andy about like how important it was that he played in those first two games. Um, I, I think you sort of saw the result of that 
on Sunday. Like he looked really good. Yeah, 19 points on 5 of 12 shooting, uh, 8 of 11 from the, the line, which in and of Great itself, 11, 11 trips to the line is very good. In Six 28 assists. minutes of a preseason game. Right. Six assists, three steals, a block. Um, he was in the middle of a second quarter defensive run that um, off the top of my head, I know included Dwight, Kent Bazemore, Russ, AD, and I don't remember who the fifth guy was or if it was somebody continually. But it's indicative of a lot of the defensive presence AD had as well. Like you said, this was the best game he's played in the preseason. I think he has slowly been rounding more into form, regardless of the actual production. And you know, the production in preseason doesn't really matter. What really matters is how do these guys look? Do they seem like they're getting the timing back, the rhythm, all of that stuff? And especially when you consider that AD has definitely put on some muscle yes. in the offseason. You know, lean muscle, as is uh, the jargon right now. That's how everybody describes their new muscle. But it's probably that, been, you know, in 80, most of it's built bars. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Pounding those things. Oh, I mean, we use the we code will... LOCKED15. <laughs> yeah. I mean, make sure you listen to the whole show because you will find the the easiest way possible to look exactly like Anthony <laughs> Davis. Um, but it just... It, it's important. Like it's really important that he is rounding into the type of form you want to see from him because the the season ended last year very poorly for him and on balance he was subpar by Anthony Davis standards. Yeah, so no this question. stuff's important. And I, I but the, the 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 changing of the body so to speak like when guys do that it's you know it's easy to look at that I mean, and say it's not a big deal. It's like, you know, you know why? But like the, we're talking about the most elite athletes playing at the highest level of the game where any little, you know, these all are things that can disrupt your rhythm, disrupt your shot, your time. And what I thought was really cool about this was it was the first of the games that he's played in the preseason where you could see what it looks like to have a guy like Davis with that, with a little bit more bulk on him, and you know, you know, very solid up top, but still moving like Anthony Davis, and with the assertiveness, made a couple nice passes, active inside, you know, standing up in front of the rim to draw some of those fouls. I think he's going to be tougher to keep away from and ones as opposed to two free throws. We're going to see more and ones this year. Um, and you were like, damn, okay, that guy is the the Anthony Davis that we wanted to see last season. So I, I I thought that was was incredibly encouraging and um in some ways probably the the results of being able to play in those in those early games. Carmelo Anthony also looked really good on Sunday. Um you know spry as I think he's he's gonna get defensively, but in terms of 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 giving the Lakers at least some kind of attack, came off the bench for 16 points, hit five of his seven three-pointers, six of 12 overall. Um, it just, you know, that they're going to need him to be a very productive offensive player and hit those shots because, you know, the half-court offense is, to say the least, still a work in progress. Yeah, I mean, the, the offense in general is a work in progress. And, and I think it's a combination of, they're looking, I think, to be more creative than the last couple seasons, which is fantastic. Both of us have been saying that the offense that they've been running the last few years, other than literally running, has been a slog and, and seemed like it's been fairly uh, predictable to defend. So it looks like they've been 
trying to add more motion at times. You know, they've been trying to. Just it didn't. Add- it did not happen very much on Sunday, but I would no. agree with you. Through Sunday was it just looked like they just kind of rolled the ball out there and said, "Hey guys, make it up as you go along." Part of the reason they ran into trouble, but overall, yeah, I feel like they've been doing more off ball stuff and. Uh, some some more interesting sets and and double sided action where you have guys moving on both sides of the floor just didn't happen on Sunday but I think overall you're exactly right yeah and then in the meantime uh, Melo had a really good play defending uh, 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 Mikel Bridges um, on a drive across the lane he got a strip on him he ended up getting called for an offensive on the other end of the court but he he's working defensively like Melo is never going to be a great I mean Melo in his prime was not a great defender. He was usually at his best adequate. He was but, he wasn't as bad as his reputation, but he was never good. No, and he's not going to be great, you know, this year, you know, at this stage of his career, but what you need from him is to just not be such a minus that you have to spend so much time accounting for him and covering for him that you end up just messing up your own defensive integrity. But if he's, I think a lot of it with with Melo because he's been around so long, and he's a really smart player. He's a smart guy in general. If he's committed to doing the work, that's going to alleviate some of the issues. Just like mm-hmm. that full on commitment and awareness, and just being a part of what they're trying to do. I mean, it was funny. A re, in a recent post game session, he he was saying that Frank Vogel's defensive schemes because he's new to them. Aren't, don't strike him as that complicated. And it, w- it was funny because you and I were laughing like, well, they couldn't be that easy because the team doesn't seem to be doing them right now. But it's it's a good sign, though, that he he seems to understand what they're looking to do. And from here, it's just about, all right, learning guy, learning your new teammates, learning tendencies, just making everything second nature. But it does seem to me like he's putting in the work. Yeah, I would agree. And then that you know the, the the note about defense leads me to my and I think our uh third highlight from Sunday's game. And you know, we talked about this on Spectrum Sportsnet, the Lakers uh T, you know, Lakers TV station, the home station of the Lakers in LA. Um what you know uh, about Kent Bazemore, particularly with Trevor Ariza out, he becomes probably the fourth most important player on the team after I don't the big think three. Probably. Yeah. I, I don't so, think it's probably. I think he and is. And you saw it. Why? On Sunday. You know, the, the box score, he was a minus 14 in 25 minutes, blah, 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 blah. Forget all that stuff. In terms of guys who are impactful defensively and still did some stuff on offense um, he, yeah, and, and, you know, hit two of his five three-pointers and whatever, he is the two-way, the last sort of two-way player that they have available to them that everybody knows is a two-way player like has that profile we're not waiting for it and his impact defensively particularly on sunday was tangible and they're going to need the hell out of that going forward you know after ariza gets back but particularly until he does yeah i tweeted out during the game at cam brothers kent baysmore all kinds of disruptive and that felt to me just like a really good summary of what he was doing out there like they had him at times um uh, being the primary defender on Chris Paul, and I thought on you know I thought for the most part he did a really good job, and you know he he did a I thought a good job just marking a guy like Chris Paul who is not easy at all, but even more than just his individual desi- assignments, like he is a pain in the ass, like he he is just a really disruptive guy. 
out there. He's got really long arms. He's got good hands, good timing. And he's very good at just finding the right angles to stick his arm in the middle of uh, of a pass and get deflection. Like I'll go on a limb right now and say he's going to lead the league. Uh, he's going to lead this team in deflections when it's all said and done. I mean, it seems like he gets his hand on like every second or third pass, like whether it turns into a turnover or not. It just seems like he's always in the middle of it. He anticipates it well. And then, you know, he's a guy that you can actually use on the run, whether he whether he tries to go to the basket or whether he fans out to the corners. I mean, he there were a lot of plays in this game where he did just a really good job creating havoc. Yeah. And, and he's going to be just incredibly important that way. He he is the best two-way role player on this team until proven otherwise by a fairly big margin. Right. And and you look at it and, you know, in, in some ways, in the same way that you hope that, you know, Talon Horton Tucker, for example, can get to a place where the defense improves, like the template that uh, Kyle Kuzma set, where he wasn't a good defender when he came in the league, gets in the system, buys in, learns the, you know, sort of the fundamentals and and does those things and, and puts in the work. Um TH, you hope THT evolves in that way. Kent Bazemore is almost he's like kind of in that KCP role where there are things that you don't like about Bazemore's game. When we had Sam Svendiari and Andy Liu from the Light Years podcast on, they talked about, I mean, Warriors fans were driven nuts. Like once or twice a game, Bazemore does something that's completely ridiculous and generally looks a little out of control when he plays. But you hope that by harnessing and putting him in a role where he does exactly the things that he's best at, and can avoid doing the things he's not, he's not going to have to handle the ball here. He's not going to have to do any of that stuff. Go do the two or three things that you're best at that they can maximize what he can do for them. And uh, you saw the potential for that on Sunday. Um, I we'll, we'll move on here in a second, but like at this point, it's it's very difficult for me to see a starting lineup, certainly where AD doesn't, where AD's at the five, where you don't start Bazemore. He's got to be in that starting lineup. I don't care if even AD, if he is, even if I, AD I don't is care if, right. Yeah, I don't care if AD's starting at the five. I don't care if AD's starting at the four. I don't care if AD's starting a point. Bazemore has to be in the starting lineup. I guess I care I, if AD's starting at all. Like just like whatever. I think Look, I think AD should be in the starting lineup. If AD isn't <laughs> starting, it becomes that much more important that Ken Bazemore is That's in the true. starting lineup because if AD isn't back there as the back line cleaning up mistakes, no, then truly point. you need Ken no, you Bazemore. Really need so, Ken Bazemore. Again, I I don't care what the particulars are. I just, I don't see the case. I mean, I, I headed into this season pretty sure that Bazemore would be a starter on this team. He's, he's one of the six guys that I thought would play 25 plus minutes this season. unless something really went sideways, I just yeah, don't yeah, understand. You'd be, yeah. You'd be right. I don't um, all right. Let's, let's get to the stuff that didn't work. Uh, Westbrook, let's start there because turn the ball over seven times on Friday or was it six? I don't remember. Seven, I believe. Seven, I believe it was. And then nine, nine on uh, Sunday, nine turnovers. That's a lot. It's a 15, so 16 turnovers or 15 turnovers or whatever in, in two games for Westbrook. Um, so we'll talk about that. And then uh, injuries are really starting to creep up. What are the Lakers getting out of this preseason? We'll do all that next. 
Locked on Lakers brought to you by Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized fantasy basketball, it was broken. Games were won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense. It required no strategy. Frankly, that's not much fun. So in 2020, Sleeper made a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick. It's available only on Sleeper. Owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count against the team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. So there's no more losing sleep because your opponent's players had more scheduled games to play that week, which is totally unfair. And there's no more giving up halfway through the season because it's like busy work trying to account for that. And it's like you got a job, you've got a life, you've got other interests. Like nobody is down for that type of tedium. But it, with Game Pick, you pick one game per week for each player played based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive ranking, pace of play, all that good stuff. They offer redraft, keeper, dynasty. So if you prefer strategy as opposed to just busy work, here's the thing. You're going to love Game Pick. Download the Sleeper app. Start a league today with your friends. You will not be disappointed. Um, does this sound familiar to you, Andy? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another lets you stream your favorite show. Yes, it does. I just set something up. It totally does. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, you can watch all you're watching all your sports highlights, best friends, neighbors, login, all the blah 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 blah. You 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 know what I'm talking about here. You're trying to like tape things together and you know string it all. The, you, your entertainment it sucks doing it this way. I'm going to tell you about a simple way, Andy, that you can get all this entertainment that you love without the hassle. And it's a great way to get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like uh, nothing you've ever seen before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows. Three things I know you love all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. You don't like to be tied down. Um, so let's get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Uh, you can learn more about DirecTV.com, uh, all this at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. A compatible device is required and content varies by package. Uh, Russell Westbrook is light on. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Westbrook has looked terrible in two games. Um, like it's preseason. Um, it is it is meaningless in the big picture and all that. But in terms of like woo, this is like as like mellow Andy has stepped in him and like, oh, I like this. This is fun. It's exciting. He's doing exactly what you would want him to do, and it looks great. Different gig, easier gig, no question. Russ looks uncomfortable at this point he looks like he hasn't met his teammates and he looked like they haven't played together and it's been really hard to watch for a couple games yeah i mean i i don't think he has been terrible russ in every single respect like for example that i talked about earlier that defensive uh streak that the lakers that defensive stand they had in the second quarter that was pretty extended and got them back in and was hands down the best defense this team has played during the preseason again May not be a high bar to clear, but it was legitimately good defense. Like they actually yeah. were playing really well. They said, I think 20 points in the second quarter. Yeah. Russ was in the middle of all that. And while I don't think he was necessarily the engine of it all, it does speak to the fact that he's been, I think, more attentive and I think more focused on trying to be a productive part of, of a defensive scheme. And that's something that you always worry about with, with Westbrook because he has a tendency to uh, not do that. Um, over the course of his career. So, and I mean, I don't, I don't say this to be Pollyanna about it because we're going to get into the stuff that didn't work and there's a fair amount that didn't work, but I just, I think it's important for people that didn't see the game 
to bring up some of the stuff that actually did work. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it is difficult. You know, it's not like we have. You know, we the coaching staff. You know, as we record this, hasn't had a chance to break down the tape yet. Certainly, you know, we have it, and their opinion probably matters a little bit more. But you know, it, it's hard to know exactly what's going wrong on defense because so many things can start a chain reaction. But he was the effort. The effort, I agree with you. He is in. He is. He is like mellow. Is the buy-in is there? Um, and the shot selection, I think, has been okay. Um, he was a little more freewheeling on on um Friday. Friday on Sunday, I think, than he was on Friday. Interesting. Like, Friday, I actually thought he was Friday, free- for example, he didn't take any threes. No, but I thought that the twos that he took were generally worse. A couple than of mid-range jumpers. He- yeah. I mean, I can see what you're saying. I, I actually um, think he I know he took five threes on uh Sunday's game, made two of them. Um he was actually better from two than he was from the field. But I, I actually thought that even though he took more shots, he was three of twelve from the field. So again, as we are going to get into, there there was a lot with Russ that did not work. I actually thought his shot selection was better on Sunday than it was Friday, regardless of the success rate. It was not great on either night, and right. re- regardless of how many were in front of the arc, how many were behind it. Okay, that's fair. Um, the big thing, though, that people are talking about with him is is the turnovers and seventeen, sixteen, I should say, in two games. I, I will defend Russ in this. I mean, it's not good. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, I'm not trying to say this, it's like, but these are errors. Good showing, right? Both Westbrook and certainly Frank Vogel have defended this as a guy trying to make stuff happen, learn as a, learn as teammates. Um, and I think what I see and what is happening is a guy, it's, a, it's in the same way that we discussed last week, THT pressing at times to try to show that he is worth the contract. I do think you're getting a little bit of Russ pressing to try to make all the passes, make all, you know, distribute all the stuff and do all, you know, and he, he said after Sunday's game, you know, I hope you guys in the media bring the same energy when I, on nights when I have 20 assists as opposed to the nine turnovers. I mean, those nights are going to happen. The, the question just becomes like, how long does it take to iron this stuff out? He's not going to, I mean, he's going to turn the ball over a lot. LeBron turns the ball over a lot. The Lakers are going to turn the ball over a lot, particularly if they run, but are, are what kind of turnovers are they going to be? Like these were most of these 16 turnovers to me are Westbrook trying to squeeze balls into places where they just shouldn't go or thinking somebody's going to do a, when they actually do B. and you know, I, that's something that time and reps ought to take care of for the most part. Yeah, I mean, Vogel and Westbrook said after the game that, that timing is definitely an issue. He, he's learning a lot of different teammates. He's also, too, the, I, and I think this matters. The two games that he's played, Friday was with LeBron. Sunday was without LeBron, which means his role and his responsibilities are going to be different Friday sharing the court with LeBron versus Sunday playing without right. him altogether. You know, it's it's going to lead to I, I don't have the advanced numbers of the preseason games ahead of, in front of me, but I I am imagining that his usage rate, if they keep such a thing in preseason, I, there's a part of me that hopes the answer is they don't because it just feels like a waste of some poor statistician's time. But it, it's going to be different. Like it, it, the the whole deal is going to be different. Like Friday, 
it felt like there was a lot of your turn, my turn between right. Russ and LeBron. You know, not that they, not that it didn't feel like they were playing with any type of synergy at all. No, but were, it's the same problem that it's the same problem that that LeBron talked about with Wade when they first. Yeah. Like, just figuring it out. And like, it starts with turn taking and then you get rhythms and you figure out how to, you know, everybody to stay involved. And again, it's reps. Um, let's, let's, let's talk about this because LeBron AD let the cat out of the bag on Sunday. Cause Frank Vogel didn't before, you know, the game, like, I'm not sure when they're all going to play, but AD said they're all playing on Tuesday. Um, and Vogel didn't want to show his hand in this fifth preseason game. That's right. AD's like, no, we're all getting out of the floor. And um, so five games in now of the six, they will finally see the big three together. And that that lends, you know, to, to, to an important question. What are we doing here? Like, are they getting out of the preseason what they need to um, if – Five, it's it's five games in where these guys are all playing together. We'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Bars covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft. They are easy to chew and they are healthy. They're great for health conscious people. If you're trying to lose or maintain weight, they're low calorie, they're low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto folks. And they are awesome tasting. Awesome. As always, you got the 12 original flavors like raspberry, coconut, almond, salted caramel, banana bread, new flavors like cherry barcia, Lemon almond cheesecake cookies and cream. They're perfect for someone like me who just loves really cool, unique, different taste combinations. You don't feel bored like you're eating the same thing over and over with built bars. And if you eat enough of them, you will look exactly <laughs> like Anthony Davis. This, by the way, is Brian and my guarantee. This is right. not the guarantee. Not, the built bar people built have bar. nothing to do with it. No. Right. And it's also important to know that Brian and I have no liquidity whatsoever. So if you eat a bunch of built bars and don't look like Anthony Davis and decide to sue us, it's a waste of your own time. Yes. You're not going to get anything out of this whatsoever. You are taking that those legal fee monies and you are lighting them on fire. But Still, Built Bars are fantastic. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15, 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Again, Built Bar has been indemnified. By yeah, that and, also, and, and, and I'm pretty sure Anthony Davis is not aware of this either. <laughs> but anyway, but, but, but LOCK15, that's the code. And go get the They are delicious. Like None, yeah. of, this, oh, yeah. none of this has anything to do with the deliciousness no. and the utility of Built Bars. Everything we just might be taking this a step beyond what yeah. the copy says. Yeah. Everything. But isn't that what advertisers want? Yeah. Yeah, everything is guaranteed. We'll everything is guaranteed by Bill Barr, except for the part about looking like Anthony Davis. Um, We're not saying you won't; they're just not guaranteeing it. Exactly. If okay. You do, congratulations. Tell me if you tell me if you think this <laughs> this premise. <laughs> what a deal! You eat a bunch of Bill Bars, you end up like a multiple time All Star. <laughs> that's that's incredible. easy. I hear I thought it was taking God-given talent. <laughs> nope. Um, anyway. <laughs> Turns out it's just that simple. It's just right. I mean, it, who knew? So, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put something out here, and you tell me if you agree. Um, it, it do, well, a few things. Start with this. It does not matter if you win and lose preseason games. Absolutely not. Okay. The point of the preseason, really, the question, the important question of the preseason is, are you getting out of the time, training camp, preseason games, whatever, the things that you need as a team 
to be where you want to be at the start of the season. That is the basic concept here. That's the the yes or no thing that you're trying to is, – is that a fair statement? Yeah, that and don't get hurt. The Lakers have been failing on that part. Okay, but, right. And so yeah. to some – and that, that's my next point. Some of these things, and like are, to answer Andy the question of are you getting out of this what you want, are beyond their control. Trevor Ariza, out for two months. Maybe they should have seen that coming <laughs> since he was hurt coming into camp. But um, THT, they are still looking at his thumb. That is the news. Um, if you missed it, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker's right thumb. They're trying to figure out exactly what the problem is, which will then determine um, how long he's out, which is really the reason we haven't talked that much about it because we don't even really know what to tell you. Yeah, it's uh, been listed as a sprain. But right, that's, but like that's the extent of what we know. Right, you know, human basketball players need their thumbs. That's all we know. Um, and so it's not a good thing when thumbs get hurt. So hopefully it's not a big deal. Malik Monk out for <laughs> Air Bud can get by without it. <laughs> I said human basketball. Yeah, player. I know. I'm, I'm just I'm explaining oh, right. to people what what Brian could you what? possibly mean by human basketball players? I'm saying Air Bud was a sensation. No thumbs. No opposable thumbs. That's no. right. Or thumbs of any sort. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, Malik Monk out for uh, at least a week with a groin injury. They are hopeful that he will be ready for the opener on the 19th. Um, so, yeah, I mean, sometimes guys are out of the lineup. There's nothing you can do about it. So from that respect, the Lakers are not going to get the continuity out of this out of this training camp in these games they were hoping for. A lot of new parts, a lot of moving parts. So that part, I'm surprised it's going to take five games to get all three of these big three together. That I that's am, in their control, and I am surprised that it's taken five games. I'm surprised. I'm puzzled. I'm frankly disappointed. Um, I like you and I both expected that this game would have the big three. I remember you and I had been texting heading into this game because we were planning out stuff regarding the shows for the week and all that stuff. And we and part of what we had talked about is we assumed that this would be the right, big. The big three I, I assumed like our headline was big three debut, and it wasn't. Um. Look, I, I'm not going to pretend that I know all of the exacts in terms of the rationale for when LeBron plays, when Russ plays, when Anthony Davis plays, you know, how the decision making goes down. It may be as simple as LeBron saying, I'm playing tonight, Russ saying, I'm playing tonight, AD saying, I'm playing tonight, or any of the three saying, I'm not. But unless they're, unless it's really just about bodily preservation, which it certainly could be when you take into account, you know, where LeBron and Russ especially are in their careers and and the three of them having, you know, varying degrees of injury concerns. I got to say, I, I really, it feels to me like it would have been more tangibly productive if you saw all three of them playing as much as possible, even if they only played like a quarter together or like half a quarter together. Like it it would feel outwardly like they were building more towards something. And look, LeBron has emphasized these games don't matter as much as what happens in practice. And right. he said after Friday's game, what do you, you know, when asked what do you learn from the literally nothing? Like right. I learned nothing. I'm 19 years or whatever into the league. I learn nothing. And obviously, you know, the guy has seen and done everything. So if if that's the way he feels, he may very well be right and you know, you could certainly argue is a better judge of this than either one of us. But from the outside you might lose that argument, but sure, go ahead. From the outside <laughs> looking in, 
it does feel like a lot of this time has been frittered away. And I've just been wondering, I, I've been wondering a little bit of like, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's, it's what's, what's, you know, trying to figure out, like, because look, the, I believe them when they say it's going to take time. And I, my, my, my understanding and my thought was it's going to look ugly at the beginning of the season in, in, in a lot of moments, but the, the level of talent that they have still should be able to whoops, push them through, um, you know, the early part of the schedule, particularly considering that it's not that hard. Like they have a relatively early, uh, soft, early schedule, but that also means it's important to win those games. Like it, the Lakers will squander hey. an opportunity if the the Lakers will squander an opportunity if they are 500 after 15 games, you know, 14 games, like just because the schedule's soft. Yeah. Um, I'm not soft saying that's where this is going to go because right. That's what I'm, that's part of it. If I remember correctly, I think they lost all their pre, didn't they lose all their preseason games the year they won the title? Like they, they had a bad preseason. I know they didn't win any last year. I don't. I. I honestly I think. Don't at least. I actually. I shouldn't say I know about any of this stuff. I. I, I first of all, the pandemic has ruined my ability to remember anything. Um, but I'm pretty. The Lakers haven't had a good preseason in the last three. None of this means that they're not going to get where they're going to go. But I think if you're if you're if you're concerned about last year, and you saw what lack of continuity did to them last year, it's just disconcerting. It's not. None of this means. That the Lakers are going to struggle for thirty games. I mean, you know, Westbrook talked about it. I thought it was really insightful. Like some of this is them getting used to me, not me getting used to them, because I go a little faster. My pace is different. My rhythm is different. It just, I would, it would suck if they they gave away or didn't perform as well in those first ten or fifteen games because they were still overcoming some of these things and you would look back at it and go, God, I wish they got a little bit more out of the pre. I don't know how that, because again, practice matters in some ways more than what's going on. We don't see what's going on in practice and these games are so disjointed anyway in the preseason, but you do feel like it's just a bit of a, of a, a missed opportunity to get more rhythm. I mean, maybe look, we, Tuesday, like we said, Anthony Davis said all three of them are playing. We may see the three of them together, and it looks good. And we're like, oh, you know what? I mean, right. we were sorry. All, we were, yeah, exactly. Well, like, we but, all- but it, 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 this is all projection based on like the stakes of this season are so high that anything, you know, anything just makes you feel like a little bit nervous if it's not going well. It, just because, again, it's championship or bust. Yeah, I mean. It, the stakes are incredibly high. They there is so little continuity with this team, so many moving parts and new faces, and, and that stuff is difficult to put together. You know, I mean, thankfully there there are a lot of disjointed. <laughs> Sorry, the, yeah, dog, the dog is upset with the seventeen turnovers, Andy, or sixteen Bobes. turnovers. Bobes, knock it off. Sorry. Uh, we've we've had now this dog about six months. He's starting to, this is great. He's starting to think of this as his home. And that's awesome. You you know that he's truly comfortable. Now, the problem is he sees everything that ever walks by as a threat. Like he started yeah. barking. I have to say, yeah, that's that, that move you just did there with the bobes, knock it off. Very Cesar Milan. Like I, I felt, <laughs> I felt like you were absolutely putting that dog in its place, and there will oh. be no more barking. Like, oh that yeah, will you could, never happen you, again. You could totally tell by the way he started barking right afterwards. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's great. Like, he actually feels like this is his place now. But uh, the problem is he sees every he sees everything that ever walks past our house now as a potential threat to guard from. Like, he earlier, it was actually around the first quarter of the game, he started just barking his head off. And I'm like, what is going on out there? I look out there. There's like a family of five. You know, one of them is like a three-year-old child. <laughs> and they just happen to have a dog. Like, basically, anybody with a dog gets barked at now so uh that's, that's, that's i i respect that but he's I mean, a good sweet boy um you know I, just also to be honest some of this i think is you and i complaining because we have to sit through some of these games oh god like, these man, games have been terrible they've been i like, was so you know, hoping for like oh my god these are gonna be so much fun to watch and see these guys together and push the ball and this and that and it's just been four terrible games i mean like look I've been trying to watch more Squid Game. <laughs> like, you know, there's like a lot of stuff I could be doing. Oh, I've, I've, I've watched all of Squid Game. Oh, I've been alternating don't. back and forth, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll finish here. I've been alternating back and forth between Squid Game and old seasons of the British Baking Show, hmm. which are two very different forms of competition, which I would love to see someone combine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I am. Your, tea cake, your tea cake was overbaked, and they shoot you. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't tell me anything. Don't, don't. I'm only an episode in. Don't, don't say anything about Stop. tea cakes. D- just about anything. Don't say anything that could possibly give away anything that's coming in Squid Game. Like, stop, stop okay. it. Okay, I'll, I'll how about this? There are no squids. Great. <laughs> Just great. Here I thought I was watching one of those Nat Geo things, and it turns out, no. It's not Blue Planet. I thought it was going to be like my octopus teacher. (laughs) No, very different. Um, All right. uh, Look, folks, this uh, this is probably more emotional than it is rational. All of our rational minds know that three months from now, we could very well be giggling and not caring at all about what the Lakers look like in the preseason. Um, our emotional sides, which are invested in the in the success of this Lakers squad and how far they can go and want to see it maximized, um, don't like or, this or just start. our bitterness and having to watch one of the right other. those things. All of that's part of the emotion. <laughs> um, it's going to get better, and we'll find out more on Tuesday, and we'll see everybody tomorrow.